0: The Brewers figured they had a chance to put up some runs against uh, Michael Fulmer. He'd given up ten runs over his last eight and two third innings. Instead, you Cy Young Award winner Michael Fulmer. Instead, <laughs> and so the Brewers couldn't do anything off of him. Uh, he struck out six in just three innings of work to pick up the win. It was Josh Lindblom who just struggled mightily again for the Brewers.
1: Yeah, RJ, the Tigers are six-game winning streak and eight out of their last ten. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're, Either way, they're playing better ball than the Brewers. Yes,
0: the only line right there, Brewers. Yikes, Lindblom. In trouble early. What I mean,
2: was, what was the final left on base for the Brewers last night?
0: Oh God, I have to go look. I don't even know. Um, base running. I'll have to find it quick. We'll get the we'll get the research department it, on it.
1: Does it uh, kind of alarm you guys at all that Josh Lindblom is still under contract for two more years?
0: Man, he's strong. <laughs> like he's got a lot of stuff in his arsenal, but. Just because you got a lot of stuff doesn't mean you're going to be good.
2: Yeah, you lose it; it's not there.
0: He's one and three. I mean, he walked the bases loaded. Jonathan Scope got beamed. That walked the bases loaded, and I think then they
2: told him they're just like throw
0: at him, just do it. And then he got, um, and then he struck out. Um, God, who did he, I think he struck out Miggy on three straight sliders? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then eventually he walked With the, the run in. Loaded. Yeah, it was. It just all came apart early for the Brewers in the. It started in the third inning. Detroit gets two runs, and then the fourth inning, the gets two runs. Then in the sixth inning, the gets two runs. Brewers do get their one run, um, coming courtesy of a Yelich home run. Who's got nine now? I do believe, and he, mm-hmm. he that's club leading for the Brewers. And then it just, it just one after the other, man. It wasn't good. It, it got so bad, in fact, in if the you, ninth inning,
1: Orlando Arcia was pitching. If yeah? you looked at Christian Yelich's numbers, and you just strictly looked at his home runs, RBIs, and runs. And you saw that the Brewers were a little below 500, it would make sense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had the greatest season, but it's not terrible. Right. And then you look at that average, though, at 200, 207, And yeah. you're like, what is that? That's disgusting.
0: <laughs> not good. Yeah. Eey, what are those? I mean, his on base percentage is 324 and his slugging percentage is 488. You know, that's all right. But his average. That average is 207. 207. That's not
1: Christian Yellich. It's right.
0: kind of a a, a e yikes kind of thing. You know? I mean, the good news is it's. Getting better.
1: That's not that's not borderline all-star Christian Yelich with the with the Marlins, and that's definitely not MVP. That's yeah, so you don't win the
0: MVP with that one.
1: <laughs> with the Brewers,
0: <laughs> I don't know how this came to be,
2: but it was a e yikes kind of thing.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Ted. <laughs> Miss you, buddy. Or do we? Yeah, it was ufta. Uh, and then you look at the the pitching. So it was a bullpen game against the Pirates in that last game. The Brewers burn through their bullpen, and then you get Josh Lindblom, first Brewers pitcher this year to get over hundred pitches.
1: I was gonna say, I'm gonna say that I think you could call it a bullpen game when Josh Lindblom starts, because <laughs> you know they they better be ready.
0: Maybe in any other, yeah, right. Uh, and then you have, and then you have Justin Topa coming in, a rookie at the age of 29.
2: Mm, Brewers love those.
0: You last year it was 30. David turns over thirty-year-olds. Thirty-year-olds. Now he's he's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bump my age range down let's, a little let's bit. A We're little gonna little younger go, here. Let's get just a just a tad younger. We're gonna go, age 29. And Topo comes up, two innings, gives up two earned runs, one dinger, struck out two. And uh, twenty and, uh, Rowdy, if you're a 29-year-old rookie, how's your future looking for uh, the majors?
1: Normally not great.
0: (laughs) Not good, Rob. And then you get this guy coming in, Phil Bickford. Phil Bickford trots in for the Older Milwaukee Brewers on the mound, and he goes one inning at work, giving up four hits, four earned runs, and he leaves the game with an ERA of 36. Now that's an ERA. And then Orlando you the only Arcia, one clapping. <laughs> and then Orlando Arcia comes in, uh, just yeah, is ten to one at the time. Or Arcia gives up a bomb, and he finishes the game with an ERA of eighteen. But he was pitching. Yeah, he the the, the dude can do everything except pitch. So
3: well, what, what, do we, seen, what do we what do we chalk this up as?
0: What do we chalk this loss up as? I mean, you just took three out of four from the Pirates, and then you welcome in the Tigers for a two game set. First pitch tonight at six forty. Hopefully they'll get back on the, the, the winning ways. But is this just, what is this? What do we what do we chalk this up as? Just a bump in the road? like the,
1: the same thing we've chalked up the whole season is the Brewers aren't that great. Yeah. And they're just trying to vie for one of those low playoff spots. Pretty much. It's basically six through eight. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you can really say at this point. Yeah. The Brewers have, have struggled. Mean, at this point, I think you're going for seven or eight.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe just eight.
0: Well, you're just the, trying to sneak into the play. With the
1: Cardinals having such a volatile uh win percentage just because they haven't played as much. Right.
0: Yeah. Milwaukee now sits at sixteen and nineteen, they're third in the in the NL Central. Um, you know, St. Louis, like you just said, Rowdy, fourteen and thirteen. And then Chicago, the Cubs are twenty one and fourteen. Cincinnati right behind the Brewers at fifteen and twenty one. Then the Pirates, you know, are in the basement at ten and twenty three. What a
1: difference in uh organizational philosophy between the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. Well, the rest in the, at the, in trade the last calendar year at the trade deadlines, obviously, I guess you could say the Brewers kind of went for it. They acquired Pomerantz and black, yep. but, but they had minor deals still protecting for the future. Yeah. And then you look at what they did this trade deadline. It was just one simple David Phelps, small deal where you get three players to be named later. Yep.
0: To reload your mind, and then if you look at system. what the Reds
1: did, they bring in Trevor Bauer, obviously a big time pitcher. They brought in Archie Bradley, mm-hmm. a guy that is a big name and for a back end of a bullpen. Yep, like they're still trying to. When they went out and signed Moustakis, they went out and signed Wade Miley. Yep. yep, Castellanos. They went out and did all those things yeah. while the Brewers signed the likes of Jed Jerko, Justin Smoke. Eric Sogard, Josh Lindblom, mm. a lot of guys off the scrap heap, hoping for good seasons. <laughs> Come on, hey, guys. hey, hey! That was a good look at scrap heap though in Korea. That was the MVP. But they're basically in the same spot right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know what the – I can't like. The Brewers just aren't. They're they're not good, but they're not bad. They're kind of bad though. I mean, I mean they're not horrible. they the Brewers are a below average team. They're a below-average team, and that's just and that is what it is. I looked Liter- at the
2: literally and figuratively.
1: I looked at the yeah, yeah, Rowdy. Well, we, I was gonna say we just keep waiting on Christian Yelich and Keston Hira to break out, and they'll break out for like two games, and then go back into their slumps. Yeah,
0: I looked at. Uh, I don't know why I looked, but I, just, <laughs> it was the Major League like, Baseball Power Rankings. I was just kind of curious with the, where the Brewers fell. Yeah, I'm gonna guess
1: like 18th.
0: Rowdy, you would be. Oh. You would be, oof, you're one-off, 19th. Oh. They say, despite a shaky rotation, starting rotation, 21st in the majors, an anemic offense, 27th in the majors, oof. and an ugly minus, my, minus 28 run differential. Is that before last night? This yeah. is before last night. The Brewers <laughs> the Brewers are still in the playoff hunt. Uh, they Let's see. They split a four-game series with the Reds. Well, they're kind of wrong. and They said they took two or three from the Pirates, so it was three or four. Uh, over the weekend to essentially tread water in the standings. Otherwise, they might have considered selling off a few pieces at the deadline. And then they have they pose a simple question. Can they go on another late run?
1: Okay, that's the thing. I saw some people more on, you know, Brewers Twitter, people that uh, work for the team or are beat writers for the team, and they're talking about, don't forget what Craig Council and the Brewers have done in September.
2: Well, yeah, that, that was like the whole broadcast. The yeah. whole pregame is like, since 2018, they're 40 and eight.
1: Well, here's the thing: this September's not like any September of the past. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: This September is like, I mean, it's not even really September for the baseball season.
1: Yeah, this is, and we'll just start off with, well, you're 0 and one in September.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> so you're already in a hole.
0: <laughs> yep, you're 0 and one looking at
1: September, and, and you all are these games get... are magnified
0: by three times. Yeah, and you already basically, so once you be 0 and three now in September, technically,
1: you've. You don't have the expanded (laughs) rosters, but you do, if you know. You know, you still have a little bit of a small expanded roster, but you don't have the 40. Nope. So that takes away.
0: Are are the Brewers going to be a playoff contender when they go to that expanded roster to go pick pick people off from Appleton and they go get Bickford and Topa? Well, a 29-year-old rookie and a guy who's got an ERA of 36?
1: It just helps with the bullpen when you can grab different guys and use them in different situations when you have 40 guys in your – sitting on your bench where you can use a guy. Well, now they have new rules, so you can't uh, take a picture, pitcher out after one batter. Yeah. So that limits the number of guys that you can use out of the bullpen. The rosters didn't expand to 40. They're sitting at, what, 28 to 30? I
0: think about 28 now.
1: And yeah. let's let's not forget, they don't have all-stars that are playing in the field with Moustakis, Grandal. They replaced those guys with the likes of Sogard, Smoke with like lesser, Jerko, like
0: lesser versions.
1: Narvaez, yeah.
2: poor man's versions, if you will.
0: And that's like a that's like a slap in the face for the to the poor man, you know. Yeah.
1: And and it took those talented teams. <laughs> a lot to get extremely hot down the stretch. And I mean, if we're really going to look at it, what's the sample size of two seasons? It's pretty small, yeah,
0: especially <laughs> in a season like this too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. Yeah, this, the,
1: yeah. Then throw in COVID throw in, not starting until basically you late guys July. Opting
0: out, other guys, you have other teams that got, you know, get a little outbreak of COVID and they got to shut it down. And you got other guys like not even wanting to be there. Maybe
1: we should look at, see what the brewers have done under Craig council in the month of May. Yeah. <laughs> because that's really what this August is.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This has been such a just, just – just, I mean, obviously I'm saying the obvious here. Such a weird season. Um, I'm looking at the power rankings, though. The Brewers – the the Pirates are last in the power rankings, and the Brewers are second to last. And then they pepper in the rest of their uh, – who is number one? It's got to be like the Dodgers, I'd assume.
2: How are the Brewers second to last? Aren't, like, the Giants horrible this year? Oh, Giants, oh, I mean, I, Giants I mean, are bad. Who, who I meant who,
0: out of the NL Central. Who,
1: oh, sorry. My apologies.
0: The complete rankings. I'm thinking of somebody else.
1: Diamondbacks just... are the worst in that. Yeah, team that's division. what I was
0: Dodgers saying. are one. Rays are second. The A's are third. The Padres are fourth. The White Sox are fifth. Braves sixth. Astros seventh. Indians eighth. Yankees ninth. Twins tenth. And then you got the Cubs in at 12. The Cardinals in at 13. The Reds in at 14. How about that for the NL Central? 12, 13, and 14 in the bowl rankings belong to the Cubs, Cardinals, Reds. And then you got the Brewers at uh, 19. And then the Pirates last. <laughs> the Pirates. Yeah, but the they Pirates, swept the Brewers? Yeah, they, they swept
1: s- the Brewers. Their season series with the Brewers, they played 500.
0: <sighs> Unbelievable. Dude, all right, dude, the guys, like, what's the hope? Just sneak into the playoffs then? Don't get embarrassed the rest of the year? No. That's, if you're trying, to be, a yeah, if you're <laughs> trying to
1: be positive and hopeful, you sneak into the one of the last couple they can of playoffs. Sneak in.
0: They can sneak into the playoffs. I don't foresee them making a run, but they can sneak into the playoffs. In order to make a run, though, you got to get in. If there weren't expanded playoffs we wouldn't be getting in. But.
1: How how many more starts would you give Josh Lindblom? Um, one? <laughs>
0: Done?
1: None? I'd probably say none. I'd be getting... <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do, though? I'd be bringing up Eric Lauer, a guy that's actually going to go. be part of your potential future. Yeah. That's, what, 24 years old? A guy that, yeah, he struggled in one game, but he's had that messed up spring training where he was injured, and then the summer ball is where he was around the COVID uh whoever it was that was yeah it was around a high risk situation yeah and never really got a spring training or a summer camp and looked good in one appearance and then got shelled in the next yep. i don't get why you wouldn't be giving a guy like that a chance over especially in a Josh season like Lindblom, this but yeah in yeah, a season like this he's been pitching in korea for a reason he didn't have a job in the united states for a reason and then you bring him over and he's getting absolutely shelled <laughs> he's got an era in the 6s yeah yeah uh, that's not a guy that's got a future with you. He's already in his mid-30s. Yeah.
0: yeah, And then you throw in, I saw the old, there's nothing that cracks me up more than when a dude's laying on a hospital bed giving the thumbs-up sign. I saw Manny Pena uh, in the hospital bed oh. with the Brewers' Instagram account giving the thumbs-up sign. Just if I was in a hospital bed, like you know, when they get carted off the field and it's like a really bad injury, and they got to bring out the neck brace, and you and they give that like the, uh, the like, thumbs up, dude. No matter what, it's like, just dude, give them the thumbs just up, save your energy, and put the hand down. If it was me, I would give the thumbs down as I'd get a card. Like, not no, looking no. good, guys. This is not great, Bob. Not great. Thumbs down. This is not no, no part of this is thumbs up. So losing Manny Pena really hurts. and What they, I mean, all of this season, he's done, and they think they said maybe, maybe the playoffs they could get him back. I think what I read last week. So I don't know. We'll see. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't put my faith in Manny Pena being your savior, but he was a bright spot for the Milwaukee Brewers this year. I
1: don't know if you want to say I'd put, I wouldn't put my faith in a guy that was batting two thirty (laughs) something. But
0: he was. That's the sad thing about it, though, right? Or Manny Pena, as well as he was doing, which wasn't. It was good, but it wasn't great. He was like one of the lone bright spots for the Brewers. Yeah. <laughs> there he is in the hospital bed with a thumbs up. All right, game two tonight. Your Milwaukee Bucks looking to bounce back from that game one loss to the Miami Heat. It was the Jimmy Butler show, game one. What are they doing, game two? How are you going to slow Mr. Buckets? Because that guy is a beast. And if I was, uh, the show that comes on after us would say, uh, that Mike Budenholzer now joins the show, but I'm going to be in full transparency here. They're they're clips from a press conference last night, so I'm going to play the clips. Mike Budenholzer technically isn't joining the show, but it has got a nice little sizzle to it, though. I can yeah. see why people say it. It's, he's on the show. Well, Mike Mike Budenholzer, Mike Budenholzer. What? Uh, let me ask you, Mike. And by the way, congrats on getting your team, uh, you know, all situated, best record in the NBA. You know, in, out in the East, winning it out there, and you got the uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Well done, Coach. It up, Be Honest and Ndikumbo. But Coach, Mr. Budenholzer. How can you slow Jimmy Buckets?
4: It's really just everything. Maybe keep him out of the paint, keep him in front of us better. And again, he, he made some tough shots. You know, you go back and you look at the film. And again, I certainly do think we could be better defensively. And, you know, he had one of those playoff moments. He rose up and hit shots that, you know, were contested and difficult. To his credit, he made them. So we've got to be even tougher in our contests. We've got to be even better in our individual defense. Um, and hopefully we'll have a better result.
0: All right, something that a lot of people are saying on Twitter, guys, was like, why is why in the hell is the defensive player of the year and Giannis is in the combo, not guarding Jimmy Butler as he's just going off playing unconscious? Why wasn't Giannis? Wasn't that a big question? Like, where where is Giannis on Jimmy Butler? Well, Coach Budenholzer joining the show right now. Coach, will Giannis be guarding Butler in key stretches?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the things that makes Giannis so unique is, you know, he can guard, uh, you know, lots of different positions, lots of different people, impact the game you know, either off the ball with his activity or as a primary defender on, um, you know, whatever position um, we need him to be. So certainly in consideration and discussion.
0: Was that the perfect non-answer ever? Will Giannis be guarding Jimmy Butler? He's like, yeah, Giannis can do a lot of things. We'll we'll see. Do you think Giannis should be guarding Jimmy Butler, Nelly? Uh, My biggest thing is
1: if Giannis guards jimmy butler then who's going to guard out of bio like then you have a lot of other questions that you need to answer yeah because you can't just say okay Giannis has to cover insert player's name here well then who's going to cover the guy that he was guarding guarding right so there's more than there's more than just
0: there's like hey put Giannis on him
1: yeah yeah and and if they do do that then you also have to look around and say, well, who are we going to have guarding shooters? Because right. if you have Kyle Korver out on the court, I don't know if I want him on a shooter because Kyle Korver doesn't play defense.
0: Yeah, and uh, Wes Matthews is pretty good defender. Now, the announcer in Game 1, RJ, correct me if I'm wrong, but Wesley Matthews, he uh, he went here for high school right at uh, Madison Memorial. He was in high school while I was in high school. Like, you you walked the halls with him, I've, correct?
2: Uh yeah, I was a senior when he was a freshman. Yeah, RJ used to yeah. bully him. Yes, yeah, so you bullied Wesley him into Matthews,
1: to push
0: in the locker rooms and stuff. He pushed back. Okay, yeah, I could see that. <laughs>
1: Gave <laughs> no. him a swirly.
0: <laughs> and if if I if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Wesley Matthews did not play for the University of Wisconsin, correct? Um, which one? Uh, the,
2: oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, his dad did, and then his dad won two championships with the Showtime Lakers. Wesley
0: Matthews did not play for the Badgers.
2: Yes, Wes Matthews played for the Badgers. Yeah, Wesley West Matthews. Matthews played for Marquette.
0: Oh, so the announcer in game one when he said that Wesley Matthews is from Milwaukee and played for the Badgers, he was wrong in that, right? Yeah, he got his cities mixed up. <laughs> uh, here is more from Coach Budenholzer on Wesley Matthews as a defender. Um, and maybe guarding Jimmy Butler again. He does a
4: lot of things for us, uh, but certainly his defense stands out. And he's certainly somebody that we feel great putting on, you know, whether it's Jimmy Butler or Dragic or whoever it is we need him on. So, you know, I think the ability to have him and what he brings to the table defensively is important to us. So, you know, and I think, you know, there's some degree, you know, Jimmy Butler hit some tough shots. At the end of the day, you give him credit. He had a very good game. Um, now it's on us to be better defensively, you know, all of us.
0: All right. So, I mean, Wesley Matthews is going to have his work cut out for him. Apparently. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's more of an answer of him guarding Butler than Giannis, obviously. He's, he's a good defender. Yeah, he is. But Nelson's right. I mean, if you pull Giannis off of Adebayo, who's going to guard him then?
1: And I feel like that's where you don't really have a great matchup. Robin you,
2: Lopez?
0: Then not ish. really.
1: Because he's, he's, he's just he's another not big a, body to he's, throw he's, Yeah, there. he's yeah. not hair, athletic enough. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, both Lopez's aren't athletic enough. Yeah. Then you then you look at, I don't know, I mean, maybe, what do you think about Middleton? guarding jimmy butler
0: middleton's a good defender
2: yeah but i mean we saw a little bit of that in game one and whether at that point in time they gave up or not i don't know but jimmy butler was getting around him pretty i
0: would i would give the advantage to jimmy butler (laughs) yeah but i would give the advantage to jimmy butler in a lot of those scenarios are the bucks going to be hamstrung this game well there's there might be a hamstring injury rj with with Bledsoe, is that where you're going with? Yeah. Well, RJ, here's more from Coach Boonehouser on that and his availability for Eric Bledsoe.
4: Yeah, I mean, at at this stage, you know, with every other day and and, um, the playoffs, the the practices are are really, you know, very, very light. Um, So he was able to do, you know, the the 10 or 15 minutes of, you know, actual basketball that we did. um, And then he did some individual work in addition to that.
0: So he's day-to-day. I feel like he
2: should just wrap it up like a pro wrestler. When they get injured. You, wrap, you I, either wrap it up, Box? Yeah, you know, like
0: they got some broken ribs. Wrap, wrap it, up, it up. Go Rowdy, back out there. Rowdy, how's the ribs feeling for you?
1: Uh, mine are still sore.
0: <laughs> and Rowdy <laughs> fell hanging tobacco. He fell, what'd you fall, like 12 feet? Hit your uh, side on the oh. the wagon? Yeah. Oof.
1: Caught the wagon with my ribs. <laughs> At
0: least he didn't fall off the wagon. Uh, and then there's one more. Here's one more clip from... Uh, <laughs> wagon. <laughs> Here's one more. we talking about drinking? Here's one more from uh, Coach Budenholzer on just... They can't really rely on be- – see, I don't know if I agree with this. So he's talking about not relying on experience of being down 0-1. Because remember last year they were down w- the Almost first every game.
2: series they're down 0-1. To
0: the Celtics last year in the second round. And then obviously the opening round against the Magic. But here's more from Budenholzer
4: experience and history you know i think you can draw on that occasionally but i wouldn't put a whole lot into it it's, it's not going to be the magical pill or anything like that we're going to have to go out and really execute and really compete you know and do all the things that it takes in the playoffs to have success and this group's had success in the playoffs in the past and we certainly are looking forward to game two we understand what it takes and we'll be ready for game two
2: i i think if this was an actual home game yeah you could rely on the history mm-hmm. but how they're at right now yeah it's so different
0: yeah they need that crowd the pfizer form yeah because those virtual fans just ain't cutting it
3: hey, yeah, way to go.
1: <laughs>
0: i hate the virtual fans it's yeah. like all glitchy and uh, yeah
2: i know i know where rowdy stands on it i like the yeah. people who like Hates it. you know nobody's next to him but they're looking for that virtual high five and you're like oh
1: could we not just say that we saw virtual fans were going to suck just from the NFL draft?
2: There's oh, okay. like, yeah, like blank screens every time, <laughs> with the team logo on every yeah. it. Every time
1: Goodell would look at the TV and go, all right, let's get loud. Let's well, it
2: depended on the team because some teams it was all full, and then sometimes it was like 20 different boxes of the team logo, and then like so one guy would be like, yeah.
0: Roger Goodell turning the TV, all right, get loud. Let's
1: and get then loud. You, know, you have your couple-second uh, difference, and then all of a sudden they start going – Oh, yeah, let's go. Cool.
0: I have comments here from Aaron Jones, Packers running back. I like the comments. I like the mindset. I feel like everyone should have the mindset if they're playing a, a, a sport or just any walk of life when it comes to trying to win something. Here is Aaron Jones on the mindset they have. At Lambeau Field, as he joined uh, CBS Sports Talk Radio yesterday, here you go. You know, what's the mindset of the team coming back after that heartbreaking loss and getting
2: to
4: that next level and eventually being potential Super Bowl champions? Uh, our, our mindset is bring the bring the title back to title town, uh, because this is where it belongs. We were, like you said, we were so close but fell short. So um, all of it, it left a nasty taste in all of our mouths, and we know we just gotta kind of play off of each other. Offense play off of defense. Defense play off of. Uh, special teams and so on and so forth. And um, we, when we stay together as brothers, we'll be right where we want to be in the end.
0: All right, so bring the title back to Titletown because that's where it belongs. My man Aaron Jones, I love it. I think that's you know that's the philosophy for that. every single team in the NFL or any professional team to bring the championship home. The Packers were one game away last year, obviously bowed out in a big way against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. My question, though, is, Rowdy, is um, – you're always looking to get better from the year before, right? So what's better? Going to the Super Bowl and hopefully hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy and bringing it home to title town, like Aaron Jones just said. In a COVID-19 year where you have what we were just talking about, no preseason, no no preseason games, less practices. LaFleur said they'd be lucky to get 14 in. You, you set back so much. I know everyone's on the same playing field, but looking at the Packers last year and then moving forward with – less time to prepare. What uh, are the expectations for you when it comes to the Green Bay Packers? Is it to win? Is it for them to win the trophy? The Vince Lombardi trophy?
1: I feel like with Aaron Rodgers and as a Green Bay Packer fan, I feel like that's always your expectation, right? Yep. You expect, well, if we have Aaron Rodgers, we're going to be a top team in the league. And if you have a Hall of Fame quarterback, you want more than one Super Bowl and one Super Bowl appearance.
0: Yep. We already did that with Brett Favre. I mean, we had two appearances, but they got that one—you know, the one trophy. We need—we uh, need another one.
1: Aaron Rodgers Hall of Famer, We get two. If you look at it realistically, from what we've learned from the past few seasons, is that maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't that top five quarterback like he was when he was the best quarterback for about a six-seven year stretch. Yeah, father time remains undefeated, and obviously, you're going to need some other players around him to play well, both on offense and defense. I think the Packers believe that they found some of those defensive leaders and studs. Definitely. But there's still a lot of question marks on the offensive side of the football.
0: Yeah, that's the most amount of questions, right? It is the offensive side of the football. The one receiver that they got to try to help alleviate, you know, some of the workload that Devante Adams has was get Devin Funchess. And because of COVID-19, Devin Funchess has opted out of the season.
1: And then you also, you look at their, their offense under Matt Lafleur, and it never got on track last year. It was a first year, but we were we kept saying week four. It would be like, well, you know, give it until week six. And There's then never it was, really a complete game. Outside of was, maybe like one or two. Well, you know, it's only been seven games. How about you know by the end of the season, they'll have this thing cooking for the playoffs. Since they kept they continued to win ugly. Yeah, and then you never really saw that offense outside of a couple games against some really bad teams play well.
0: I got some uh, odds from the wise guys out of out of the desert. Vegas, when it comes to the Packers, just in the NFC North alone, but would you say would you think that if the Packers were to win the Super Bowl this year that this would be the hardest year ever for the organization or any organization to hoist the trophy?
1: I mean, no, just because everyone's playing under the same type of circumstances, everyone's in.
0: I mean, for any 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 team that wins it, like this like I can't believe that we made it through. Of COVID nineteen, you know, social unrest, no preseason, lack of practices, lots and lots of distractions. You know, insert thing here. Like, I can't believe that we did it. I think that I think this year is probably like the it's definitely the craziest year, but is it the hardest year for a team to hoist the trophy? Well,
1: my, my the thing that I don't get is you've had Matt Lafleur and some other players talk about how you know the lack of preparation this year because of COVID that being like off-season workouts, that being the mini camps, the training camps, the practices now, no preseason games, limited contact, but then you still cancel the practice. Yeah. Yep. That's why it, it just boggles my mind that you can also come out and say that, but then you still cancel the practice. Yep.
0: And that kind I mean, of—we were in the room. Matt Lafleur said it was a you know big emotional talk, and everyone was so, you know, what they're talking about under, like they couldn't practice. I
1: understand that, but Same. then also don't come out and say, well, you know, we have a we don't have a ton of preparation, and blah 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 blah. But dude, you canceled one of your was practices. there was there any
0: teams that didn't cancel practice? I know like the Lions did, the Packers did. I know a couple teams did. did. I, I wonder if some I didn't hear of every team canceling practice. I just heard of a handful, right?
1: That's why I'm just saying, like yeah. you can't have it both ways. I get why you did it. I understand your reasonings for doing so, but then don't say, "Well, you know, we might have some hiccups because we have a lack of practice." Well, you were allotted an extra in practice yeah. that you didn't take.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of question marks for the Packers, and not much time to figure out the answers. Right? Um, I just can't believe the season is 11 days away. 11 days. I'm looking at uh, the NFC North here, the odds out of the desert for the wise guys. Who do you think they got tabbed of winning the NFC North, Nelly Boy?
1: Who do I have tabbed, or who do the wise guys have tabbed? Both. I think slightly the Minnesota Vikings. But, I mean, it's interchangeable depending on what book you're looking at between the Vikings and Packers.
0: Yeah, we have, I'm looking here. Uh,
1: one, two, three.
0: Three of the five wise guys here have the Packers. One has the Vikings, and one's given a long shot for the Lions. I don't.
1: Oh, that's that's my dark horse from
0: many months ago. Plus five fifty for the Lions to take the NFC North. My God, Packers right now at plus one eighty. Uh, what I'm looking at. So they say the Green Bay Packers aren't the the betting favorites. Uh, the Green Bay Packers aren't the betting favorites to win, you know, go back to the NFC Championship game after going 13 and three. Um, that would be the Niners, but um, most people likely see the Packers as a prime regression candidate after they pulled out eight wins by one score. That's the thing about the Packers last year; they really, they were the team, the the team in the NFL that had the most one score win games. They had eight of them, and if if you go back and look at some of those games, they could have swung either the way, but. You can only get lucky so many times, right? I mean, eight eight wins by one score. Eventually, luck runs out. You'd think so. You got to give credit to Aaron Rodgers for able to pull these wins out. The defense for well, timely stops. I think we did see
1: the the luck run out, and that was that forty nine er. Yeah, the, for, the the the, the um, California so beatdowns. I, I pulled out or pulled up the Fanduel lines for the NFC North, and it is the Vikings slightly plus one sixty five to Minnesota, plus one ninety for the Packers.
0: I wonder if that changed when Minnesota just got. Um, that guy from the Jaguars. But yeah, so Rodgers, they're saying um, they're, the Packers are primed for a regression candidate. And these could swing in the other direction this fall. Uh, also, many expected the team to add more talent around Aaron Rodgers, especially at the wide receiver position, obviously. Yet the front office decided not to address it at all and go get uh, Jordan Love. And then a third-run rookie tied in to Josiah DeGuara. So the idea that another squad will surpass the Packers makes sense in the regression side of things. Well, I think, But other people are saying it's a trap. The Packers are still the NFC North's best squad as the Vikings still
1: have tons of question marks at cornerback and the offensive interior. I mean, realistic Packer fans, don't you think regression is probably what's going to happen? Now, we're not talking regression down to three wins. No. But a regression from 13... If you just think about that numbers wise, wins wise, it's pretty hard to be better than thirteen. Well, go and three. back
0: when Aaron Rodgers was like was like, you know, a little younger. What would the Packers finish seasons at? Ten and six. You know.
1: Well, I mean, you could have an extremely eleven and five. You can have an extremely good season and go twelve and four and be worse than yeah, thirteen and than three. Thirteen and three, of course. How many times actually has Rodgers been thirteen and three or better? I mean, they went fifteen and one.
0: Yeah, not many. Let me look. I got, I got to get them all up here to, because I can't rattle them off the top of my head like I used to. But yeah, it's. You look back uh, last year, obviously 13 and 3. The year before that, 6 and 9. The year before that, 7 and 9. 2016, you're 10 and 6. 2015, you're 10 and 6. 2014, you're 12 and 4. 2013, you're 8 and 7. 2012, you're 11 and 5. 2011, obviously, the best one, 15 and 1. 2010, on the Super Bowl run, they were 10 and 6. So they've had just. 2009, 11 and 5. 2008, 6 and 10.
1: So they've actually only been better than thirteen and three one season. That was fifteen and one. Yeah, so, so of course
0: they're a regression candidate.
1: Uh, trends are your friends. Mm-hmm. They're going to regress. Now you can still regress and be a playoff team. And once you make the playoffs, anything goes, right?
0: Exactly. I mean, we saw that in twenty ten. Just get in. Anything goes.
1: My best guess for this team would be ten and six.
0: That's that's kind of. I bet you if you average it out, that would be the the ten and six would be probably what hits the most. 13-3, that was a tough get last year for the Packers. Eight one-score games, unbelievable. But they, dill, they still say Packers are, to these odds makers, the Packers are the team to beat.
1: 10-6, and 9-7, and seven. that would probably be right around what I would be predicting in the fight for that wild card.
0: Talking a little NFC North action, Packers looking to be the favorites in the NFC North. Hey, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Aaron Rodgers becomes a starter 2008. You go to 2020, we're, uh, what, 12 years in, Aaron Rodgers starter. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have won the NFC North 6 out of the 12 years, Rowdy. Uh, 2019, 2016, 2014, 13, 12, 11, and there you go. When Aaron Rodgers became a starter, two thousand eight, they got third a six and ten record. Then they kind of revamped a little bit, and then eleven and five, they took second. Obviously, lost to the Cardinals in that wild card game. That was a wild one, fifty one to forty five. That's when I knew Aaron Rodgers was the truth. Like, yep, here we go. And then you get the Super Bowl under your belt in twenty ten, and you figure we're going to have a dynasty on our hands, right? Then you figure we're going to have a dynasty on our hands. You kind of had like a little mini I NFC. Won't lie. You have I an NFC North
1: dynasty. I thought they'd have. Three, same three Super Bowl appearances.
0: Well, you got twenty ten, and you're like, okay, we, you win on the road. You're in Philadelphia, you win. You're in Atlanta, you win. You're in Chicago, you win. Then you go and take on the Steelers, well, and you win.
1: And even that next season when they went fifteen and one, it was sick. You were still at the time. You're like, okay, coming off as a Super Bowl. Now they go fifteen and one. They're about to dismantle everyone. Rogers you're little, MVP. You're a little naive to think that the defense really wasn't that good at all Mm -hmm. and you knew that but you were naive because you're like okay but this offense is so good they're 15 and 1 they're just going to score 100 points every single game and win (laughs) they lost the first round of the playoffs Uh,
3: uh, No.
0: (laughs) yeah 37 to 20 to the freaking giants man i hate you but when you look at the when you look at aaron Rodgers and the dominance the packers have had in the nfc north and then you couple in the fact that they're thirteen and three last year with a brand new head coach, a brand new system, uh, not many pieces unless you're named Devonte Adams or Aaron Jones. Going into this year, though, I mean, th- do you believe in the adage to be the to be the champ? You got to beat the champ. The Packers are the champ, therefore they should be the favorites.
1: I think it's ever changing, especially in the NFL, where you can be good one year and terrible the next year. So I don't necessarily live by that adage.
0: Well, Packers never been terrible, though, unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, unfortunately. So they got that going for him. Aaron Rodgers makes you a pro... As long as you got Rodgers, in my belief, as long as you have Rodgers, you have a shot at the Super Bowl. Breaking news, this is not good for your Green Bay Packers. Well, after impressing a lot in practice and camp of what they had... Hopefully going to be starting alongside of Christian Kirksey. Packers rookie inside linebacker Kamal Martin, who was in the mix to start week one, is now undergoing knee surgery and is expected to miss several weeks. Sources have said it is not season-ending. Just to clean up? It is not season-ending, but it is a setback. So, I mean, that's maybe kind of what it sounds like, I guess. it's That's all the information I have, is... It's literally, that's from sounds Rob, like from, it would just be cleaning up some... It's from Rob Demosky saying, Packers rookie inside linebacker Kamal Martin was in the mix to start week one, is now undergoing knee surgery, and is expected to miss several weeks. It's not season-ending, but it is a setback.
1: Man, that's just so many guys on that uh, inside linebacker position now with either injuries or injury history, because if you remember, obviously, Blake Martinez no longer with the Packers. They brought in Christian Kirksey, He's a guy that's been a good player when healthy, but he's only played in, what was it, nine games in the last two seasons total? Yeah. But he's a guy that's phenomenal athlete when he's in there and healthy, but he has question marks. And now you're talking about Kamal Martin, a guy they spent their fifth-round pick on, who was playing well, yes. according to most most uh, journalists that can speak out about <laughs> who was playing and how well they were doing it. Turning a lot of heads. But, yeah, playing well, now having to have knee surgery where – Sounds like uh, it's not major, but he won't be able to play at least right away. And then you have uh, a guy like Curtis Bolton, who was starting to turn heads, what was that, uh, last year before, as an undersized, undrafted free agent out of Oklahoma, tore his ACL in the last preseason game, I believe it was. That's a lot of guys uh, either coming off injuries, having injury history, or... Being currently injured,
0: Nelson. They say a Packers season doesn't officially begin until someone gets hurt and out for several weeks. So, uh, is it official on the Packers season has begun?
1: Ah, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't even think you can say it now because this was already he already had uh, knee concerns during the draft. Yeah, I
0: mean that was one of the knocks, right? I think that's why he fell a little bit. Yeah. So I think we're still waiting for the first major injury. Uh, yeah, RJ says, RJ says, Martin did injure his knee last season with the golfers. Yep, so it probably is a little cleanup right there. <laughs> when the King on Twitch says, you guys should have done a poll. If your phone rang and it was President Trump, would you pick up? <laughs> uh, I can already answer the poll. I would. It would be 50-50. Yeah, it would totally be 50-50. No matter who was president, I would pick up. I mean, it doesn't matter who was president, I would pick up the phone. It would, I'd be like, dude, the president called me. So there you go. All right, 608-321-1670. Speaking of phone numbers. Uh, Twitter at zonemadison, twitch.tv as well. You can search my name, Ebo Says. Just hit that follow button and uh, get it underway. So, yeah, there you go. Kamal Martin. That's And that was one of the positions that you had a a lot of question marks for the Packers. I mean, the defense was pretty solid, but it wasn't inside linebacker, the one where you're like, well, I'm not sure what Christian Kirksey's going to be like, and I'm not sure who's going to fill that other void. And now you got the guy who was impressing the most outside of Kirksey, out a few weeks, that's that hurts. I wonder what uh, if that does anything to the book bu- the the bookmakers.
1: Yeah, and it, depending on what type of surgery that was, I mean that could be two weeks or that could be eight weeks.
0: You're sitting at home and you hear the phone ring. And you pick it up. Yeah, hello. And on the other end of the line, you hear this. Yeah, uh, yes, hello, Kevin Warren. This is your president, Donald J. Trump. I just wanted to call and talk about uh, Big Ten football. And what do, you, what do you do when the phone rings and on the other end is the Don. The Donald has called you. And you, and in this situation, in this scenario, you are the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren. Do you immediately drop a load in your pants that, oh, my God, the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, Hey, Kevin, what's up? Called you. What do you do? I would love. And no, that's not
1: Cartman. I would love to be like a fly on the wall or hear the recording of that phone call because I'm sure there is one. <laughs> I hope to God there is. Because I would love to hear it. Oh, my. I would love to hear it. Who you, do, you, do you think Kevin Warren would be doing a lot of talking or listening?
0: Listening, I'd imagine. I, I feel like uh, he would he would say his piece on some things, yes. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just keep talking like Cartman. But I think if I'm Kevin Warren in this situation when the phone rings, first of all, it's like, well, it's a number I don't know. Should I pick it up? Like, and I feel is like it spam. It, is it
1: that spam call? Do I, is my car warranty expired? You definitely have to be doing more of the listening because whether you voted for that president or not, it is the president of the United States you're on the phone with.
0: Oh yeah, and you know it's going to be something serious. Yeah, because you just you know canceled fall sports in the Big Ten while the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve are still.
1: Oh, yeah, here here's RJ. A meeting with any U.S. president would be a lot of listening.
0: Yeah, lots of listening. Do you if it Now, if this phone call happened before Trump became president of the United States, Kevin Warren might have been hearing this. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired.
3: You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're
0: fired. I think a lot of people want to do that anyways, but instead they were talking about reinstating the fall season. President Donald J. Trump tweeted out, I had a very productive conversation with Kevin Murray commissioner of at the Big Ten Conference about immediately starting up Big Ten football would be good. Great for everyone, players, fans, countries, on the one-yard line. I love the last part, on the one-yard line. <laughs> and then the Big Ten released a statement uh, essentially saying something along the lines of this, it was a very productive conversation.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, what are they going to say? Yeah. Exactly. It, was, it was not a productive conversation. We didn't see eye-to-eye at all. I'm
0: sure the, uh, the Big Ten's counselor of presidents and chancellors are saying something completely different behind closed doors. But to the public... Yeah, but they re-
1: wouldn't disclose that.
0: No, they wouldn't. But to the public, they're releasing the statement of it was a productive conversation. Behind closed doors, they're probably just like, we are doing everything in our power to make sure Big Ten football does not happen this fall, despite what the President Trump has said. That's probably what they're saying behind closed doors. I can't verify that, but that's just what I'm assuming. Why? Because they canceled football. There's the SEC playing. There's the Big Twelve playing, and you know there's the ACC, ACC playing. So, and then okay, so and you have some
1: other smaller schools. Yep.
0: So you have this all going on, right? Trump talking to Kevin Warren about bringing football back. Then this little rumor started getting floated around. I saw on Twitter yesterday that October 10th or somewhere in like middle October was going to be a potential restart for big 10 football. And then the Nebraska athletic director came out to say that's unsubstantiated. That's baseless, yada, yada, yada. He said, we're still our big 10 competition task force committee, whatever the hell it's called is still going on with, uh, trying to get something done for either January, which is the most, the one taking the most positivity, I guess, or the last week of November, that Thanksgiving week. I, I don't foresee if that October rumor is true. I doubt, highly doubt that he's true or happening. I highly doubt that the November one's happening. And I highly doubt that the January time frame is happening. I think hopefully we'll get base, baseball. We'll hopefully get football, college football in 2021. That's just what I think is going to happen. Rowdy?
1: Man, I said I said prior to this, what was it, yesterday when you when we were floating around the the different ideas of, you know, starting around Thanksgiving versus the winter bubble versus spring. Yeah. That I would give it ten percent that they actually had a season. And if they did have a season, I would think that the the late November start date would make the most sense for me. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it a little bit more hope. You got a little bump? I think that that I'm going to go up to 15%. I was at 10% yesterday after that talk and some of the leaking. I'm going to go up to 15%. But can we say if somehow they get college football to come back in the Big Ten, I totally want, because people will lose their minds, I totally want President Trump doing the coin toss Oh on the 50 yard line there would be- and the quarter the quarter for heads would be his face and the quarter for tails would be like the um like what e- is it the the little cartoon character that um Dave from Monona likes to tweet of uh, Oh the guy, mooning, the guy mooning? The emoji the emoji of be, someone mooning someone it would be Trump mooning on the back of the quarter for tails. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I would die
0: laughing. I don't think comedy. they'd be able to get that game started. I think <laughs> yeah. I think people would rip that stadium
1: down. I would brick by brick to get inside to stop it. It would be pure comedy just to tune in and, and laugh at
0: I mean, it would never happen, but it would be incredible. It would be It'd be incredible. incredible. One no matter how you look at it, it would be wild. All right, let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got?
3: You got Pete from the Hey, window. Pete, what's up, man? Well, since you're talking about politics...
0: Again, well, Pete, it's not... It's not pol- like, this is Trump meeting with the commission of the Big Ten to bring back football. Unfortunately, they've intersected. He wants to bring back
3: football so that he thinks he's, it's all he all these states, states to win in the upper Midwest. Yep, but no doubt. I don't see this. I don't understand why he thinks that, you know, people vote uh because uh, the big ten's playing football
0: pete I, pete real quick, this is i mean t- to your point, this is pure politics, like this is pure politics they've taken they've taken the big ten and they've thrust them into even more politics than they already were in, but I have seen people on Twitter saying that if Trump were to get it done, they would vote for him i've seen it
3: well then okay that then oh god that's ridiculous what is that? <laughs> I, I, anyway, the Big that's Ten... politics, commiss- you know. I, I, you, you guys in the me- and, 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 and the right-wing media, I'm not saying that's necessarily you, are beating up on the Big Ten commissioner. It's not his decision.
0: No, it's the chancellors and presidents, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, if you if you really want to have something done, find out who their big athletic donors are to the university, you know, and then and then rag on them. That's how you're going to get something changed. Yeah. But the Big big Ten commissioner he i mean you know he's just a mouthpiece he doesn't and he's brand new anyway so he doesn't he doesn't have any power but even if he it's still not his 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 decision he's just an administrator yeah
0: well pete if you look at this i mean the pac-12 no one said anything about the pac-12 you want to know why because they're not battleground states for the most part yeah that's right the big 10 that's why they're doing it it's all it's all politics
3: yeah, but I mean, uh you know, and and if you I gosh, I mean, you're just going to vote for somebody but, oh, but but the thing that I I've never understood about this is that uh, I I don't think things are going to get that much better no. in the springtime.
0: No. No, same. So
3: either, you know, if you're going to play, go ahead and and take the consequences of it like like Minnesota's quarterback is going to go out and party. Yeah. Kirk, and yeah, they're dragging to, him
0: now. They're dragging him big time. Right.
3: And he's going to give it to his huddle. Okay, that's the way it goes. But, I mean, it's not going to get that much better, you know, so play or don't. But it's in the, don't, don't put it, it – tell people you're going to put it off because it isn't going to get that much better. I mean, just decide, okay, we're going we're to roll with the consequences, and then that's the way it is.
0: Yeah. Oh, Pete, I mean, have you ever seen uh, um, sports used so much in an upcoming election?
3: Well, everything is used that way, though. Yeah, this is
0: the most integrated sports and politics have ever been. And I, I think. think most yeah, people. But-
3: everything is like that you know i mean police shootings uh you know who you marry it's it's just like that now so but 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 people that would vote for some for somebody for president because they strong-armed the league into you know playing football wow i mean i I, you know i don't don't agree with that i don't agree with that
0: i don't agree with that either pete but um, sadly that's 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 what it is you know
1: pete and i think most you said there pete I'm here. I would say, Pete, most critical thinkers are kind of all, like us three would say, What's the difference between playing now versus playing in the spring if you're going to play?
3: Yeah, I don't get, I don't get that. Right? I mean, they, and, and since they're taking such a bad publicity hit for, you know, for something that y- y- it makes no sense. So, once again, if you're in for a dime, you're in for a dollar, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's crazy, Pete. Can, can, the madness isn't going to stop either, is it? And that's,
3: no,
1: it's not. And I think we can all agree that if you're looking at college football, if they really believe in the safety, no one should be playing. But if
0: they and don't the kids everyone should be on should campus
3: be. either. Yeah. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. It's
0: crazy, Pete. It's nuts. And it <laughs> uh, Pete, I don't know, man. I don't
3: know anymore. Well, pray play for a vaccine. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. See you later, man. Yeah,
0: it's uh, it's wild, man. This is I've never seen politics and sports so so meshed together now. That it's uh, it's it's nuts. Well it's it, yeah, that's
1: where we, we kinda talked about it at the end. It's it's gotta be all or nothing. If you firmly believed in the safety and health of the kids, they shouldn't be at universities and they shouldn't be playing football. And then vice versa. If you didn't, then you would say they're on campus going to class like normal and playing football well, like normal.
0: I, I know. If 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 there wasn't if you if, if it wasn't safe and all the medical professionals were all in the same agreement, then there wouldn't be any football or there would be football for all, you know? It was Iowa State wouldn't be playing when I was not. Cincinnati wouldn't be playing when Ohio State's not. You know, you could go down the list for a bunch of states where why is this team playing but 100 miles down the road this team is. Like, it's, it's, it's so politicized. I, I was saying this the other day. I yearn for the days of when I was a sports talk host. In the last month, two months, it is up. I've, uh, for some reason, I feel like I'm a political talk show host. I don't, that's not, I, don't, I hate politics. It's not, but here we are. Here we are as Trump is on the phone with Kevin Warren the Big 10 commissioner and they're they're trying to work football back because they're all battleground state. I mean that's the Big 10. This is the battleground, right? The Wisconsin is critical for the upcoming election and they are jumping on it. And so and so is a bunch of other states in the Big 10, you know.
1: How many times? Oh, well, and I think Wisconsin's probably like a lot of other states. I would say if you look around at your local communities it's probably pretty split 50 Oh my god, out.
0: yeah, totally. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's you know, the civil war 2 is unfolding right in front of our eyes and it's not north versus south anymore, it's neighbor versus neighbor. And uh it's going to get nuts. It's you think you think it's been nuts? It's going to get more nuts. It is going to get bad. And you better strap yourself in and get ready for the post-apocalyptic world. I'm trying to pick my outfits out now like Mad Max. I'm trying to fill I don't know what kind of leather outfit I want to wear, Rowdy. You've been watching Mad Max yet? I'm telling you, you get on the
1: Mad Max. I still haven't watched that. You got it. It's a good. It was on the. It's
0: a good prep tool for what's
1: coming up. Probably a couple weekends ago, and I saw it, and I thought about, you know, your Mad Max and your Jeep. But then when I went to (laughs) to click on it, which one was it? It was already like 45 minutes in, and then you just can't do it.
0: Was it the first one? Was it Road Warrior? Was it Thunderdome? Was it Fury Road? Do you remember which one it was?
1: I think it was the newer one All right, Fury Road, same. with Hardy. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Yep. I think it was that one.
0: A phenomenal movie.
1: But yeah, I couldn't do it. It was 45 minutes in. Yeah, you, you got to start
0: from right away because right off the gate, it's like go, yeah, go, like, go. Obviously, go. if
1: you're watching it on TV, there's commercials. So the, yeah. it's like, oh, the movie's now three hours on your TV. Uh, I'm telling TV. you, folks,
0: once, once society collapses, Mad Max will be your best friend of a tool of how to survive in the post-apocalyptic world. The only thing that I raise an eyebrow at is why is everyone wearing so much leather? That's that's the one question. Why are you wearing so much leather? But I'll be like the road warrior. I'll rock that little. I'll rock the leather jacket, leather pants with a shotgun at my side. No doubt about it.
1: Oh, that was also so obviously that's a different genre than the Matrix. But why are they all wearing leather? You ever wonder that too? That's a good question. Like, like, Why is the, there,
0: like in the Matrix, you you have any outfit you could choose, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: it, it's your mind. You you could choose. It. Yeah, you could choose anything you want
0: as you're loading into the Matrix, and they all choose leather. Leather. What?
1: what yet the agents were all suits. like in business suits. Yeah. Why? Wouldn't you want to be more casual if you were both? Because you'd want to fit in all with right. the What's, norm.
0: What? What would be more comfortable as you're fighting? Agent Smith and his his FBI or his his agent suit or Neo's leather.
1: Full disclosure, which I one's don't, more comfortable? I don't with? dress in the business get-up too often. That, Normally I mean, for I, like funerals and yeah. weddings and stuff like sure. that. But I can tell you, I've never worn leather. So so I, I I mean
0: I have a leather jacket. I never I never wear it, but I do own a leather jacket. I don't wear it though. I mean it's not the '90s anymore, so I don't wear it. But I uh, I've worn suits a lot. They're not, you know, I I I rocked like the the, the tighter fit, you know, you know, cuz again, it's not the 90s. You're not wearing the giant baggy suits.
1: But right? If you're if you're going into the Matrix in those movies, would not both sides want to be pretty I feel like
0: they'd be wearing like gym
1: clothes. Pretty everyday everyday American normal clothes, like a so you could suit fit or in. something.
0: Yeah, like something that you're like like you know when Jet like like Bruce Lee when Bruce Lee was doing his kung fu, he either, like didn't have a shirt on, or he had like some relaxed, stretchy pants. it was like, and like a you,
1: like a tracksuit. Once you kind of dress like the Oracle, like a normal, everyday person, you would fit in. It seems like all the all the people that were either good or bad in the Matrix were either all dressed up in And well, That's the
0: thing; you can pick whatever you want in the Matrix. And at the end, Nuno's Nelson's right. At the end, Neil wasn't wearing leather. It was a black long sleeve, sh- like a knit shirt, and I think jeans. But for a lot of the movie, he was wearing leather. But then in Mad Max, when you're in a post-apocalyptic world, when you're in a desert, why is everyone wearing black leather? There's like, what are you doing? I would I would dress for a more casual, to be honest with you. All right, I know we just covered a lot of stuff there, from Trump and the Big Ten, Kevin Warren, to what we would wear in a post-apocalyptic world. I'm still I'm still gonna go on the Mad Max vein and wear. Uh, Honestly,
1: in a post-apocalyptic world versus now, it's probably going to be the same for me. Whatever's top in my dresser, <laughs>
0: whatever's in the rotation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, go look. Go Google. Um. Go look up Mad Max Road Warrior, and search Humongous. That's the outfit I'm gonna wear. What are you wearing today? I don't know. Whatever's on top. <laughs> Whatever do- passes the smell test. Go Google Humongous, Rowdy, for Mad Max Road Warrior. That's going to be my outfit. I just decided. It's essentially you look like He-Man. So you got these tiny little leather undies on and, like, some weird straps over your chest. Everything else is exposed besides a uh, metal hockey mask. I'm going to look like Humongous. I just got to get the gym a little more. So how about this? This comes from John Rothstein. Pretty good at uh, college basketball. Info, when it comes to CBS Sports, he's the man. John Rothstein says, Source, the Men's and Women's Basketball Oversight Committee will propose a start date of November 25th to the Division One Council for the 2021 college basketball season. November 25th, Rowdy. What do you think? College basketball, November twenty fifth. That's what's uh, apparently it was uh, what they're going to propose to the council.
1: And they're not really going with the bubble anymore, are they?
0: And throw in the story that we had yesterday with the NCAA filing for a trademark of battle in the bubble.
1: So I don't know. From they might I, bubble up, but from, on that date of you know yeah, from 25th, what i November, what I'm gathering. Do you think that they trademarked that battle of the bubble? Maybe just for like a March Madness tournament, where you're bubbling in a huge area for like a tournament. Yeah, or multiple bubbles for you know like the East West.
0: I, I would be assuming there's multiple bubbles. That's but- what I'm saying.
1: Like you know how like they'd make the bracket and they have like you have like the the Midwest and you have the West region and the South region. Yeah. What if each of those regions was a bubble? And then obviously your final four is another so, bubble. So think about this. I just, I feel like it's, it would be way too hard to bubble an entire conference. Oh, if that makes oh, sense. Like no, during, yeah. during regular season. I mean, obviously
0: the rosters are smaller than like a football team per se, but yes, I mean, bubbling a whole conference would be. That's still, that would be t- kind just of tough.
1: counting players. That would be 14 teams with 15 players, a team. And then obviously you'd have to count coaching staff. And,
0: and think about this. So if they're, Going to start for November, according to John Rossi, and the source says the men's and women's NCAA basketball oversight committee will propose a start date of November 25th for the Division I council. <laughs> so it's they're going to play that's still before Big Ten football. Maybe the last week of November, you'll see Big Ten football.
1: Well, that October, or in 10th. January,
0: or October 10th, which I don't that came out yesterday. The Nebraska athletic director said that's just. Nothing, but who knows what? Who knows what the truth is behind closed doors?
1: But again, what does it ma- Why does it? It doesn't make sense. Why basketball, even if they have 15 players, can play in November, but football can't? Mm-hmm.
0: It just it's 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 nuts. It's nuts. What's the difference between November 1st and November 25th for basketball? You know, what's the difference between starting on time? I guess students will be what off campus on November twenty fifth. Is like they're they're looking for the the fall break. Like camp kids will be off.
1: Yeah, but they they would only be off for like that week. Yeah, and then they come back and they're there until roughly Christmas time.
0: I mean, why not just start on time? If you already if you if you the NCAA who has filed the trademark for battle in the bubble, you're thinking about bubbling. What? Why not? Why not just start on time? And especially What's the because difference between on time than or November 25th? fourth. We're
1: talking about this and it's the second day of September. Yeah. You have plenty of time to figure it out and cross your T's and dot your I's and if lower. You to J's. Do, yeah, if you wanted to do it by Halloween slash November.
0: None of it I mean it's twenty twenty, so nothing makes sense, right? So it's I don't understand November twenty fifth. What why 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 wait? What's what's a couple days? De- <laughs> I, I don't get it, dude. It's I don't think anyone gets it. Here's the one thing that really irks me the most. And is- could you
1: really see, like, the Big Ten? Because now would they consider not playing non-conference games in basketball, or do they have an exception there because the Big Ten only wanted to play conference games for football when they had their one-day revamped yeah, schedule? schedule out, yeah. And then if they want to try it in a bubble... I guess you would try Indianapolis and bubble everyone, but I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I don't see it happening I I feel like for the regular season, you'd have to be playing home and homes against other teams in your conference and then bubbling for postseason tournaments. That makes the most sense to me if you're going to approach it that way.
0: The thing that bugs me the most about all this is, okay, so obviously when the NBA shut down, when Rudy Gobert was out there touching everyone's phones and mics and, blo- and trying to French kiss everyone because he was joking around about COVID-19, turned out he had COVID-19 and he was like agent zero uh, in the NBA. Everything shut down, right? So every other league is looking around in, what was that, March? Every other league time has no meaning anymore. Other, every other league is looking around watching the NBA. Like, all right, how can we not F up our season? Well, you had Major League Baseball come out. What did Major League Baseball do? They F'd up their season uh, like they foobarred the hell out of that thing. Major League Baseball watched NBA and and said, all right, you guys handle it this way? Well, we're going to do it 10 times worse, right? Major League Baseball foobarred their season. You know what foobar stands for? F'd up beyond any recognition. They foobarred it. So now you have the NFL, or then you had college football, and in the NFL, watching the NBA go about how they handled it, and the Major League Baseball going about how they handled it, foo barring it, and what did what did college, what did the Big Ten do? They foo barred their season, didn't they? Right? Apparently, SEC, ACC, Big Twelve were able to somehow navigate it of doing what the other the not doing the wrong things the other leagues did. Now you have NCAA basketball. Propose. at least they're getting ahead of it, but what what's the common theme of all these things? All these leagues waited so long to give an answer and then it ended up not it ended up being crap, right? what they, no one even used their time wisely. Do you feel like any of these leagues use their time wisely? Maybe the NFL
1: Yeah, but NFL's still TBD because yeah. we've talked about it multiple times the last few days. There's still insert number of days until kickoff.
0: eleven days. Is it just the election? Is, has it been so politicized that there's nothing is ever going to save a league until the election's over? Is that, what it's tur- is that what it's come to?
1: Well, when they when they do, except for the October 10th date, when they have come out with a, a new date for proposal to play, whether that be spring, weather, or sometime later in the fall, all those dates have been after the election date.
0: And I'm not saying who wins one way or the other. I'm just saying once once it's over. Then, then, then people can stop holding other leagues hostage for political reasons. Like that's what that's what it's that's what it is. I mean, if you want to admit it or not, it's what it is. It's it's if it's not staring you right in front of the face, I don't know what you're looking at.
1: Hindsight 2020, but should we have had March Madness 2020? <laughs> I mean, a bubble is the safest place. Just don't have the fans in the stands, and you were in a bubble.
0: I think the worst thing that happened for that was when Nebraska was playing against was it Northwestern? Yeah, it was in
1: the the crappy It was the Big Ten Big Ten tournament. first round.
0: It was the first round. It was the last like big the Ten worst two league.
1: teams in the Big Ten.
0: And he didn't have COVID nineteen. He had influenza. Was what Fred Hoiberg? The, the, <laughs> and he was just dying the on the sidelines. The worst thing that could have happened was Fred Hoyberg, the Nebraska coach, literally like looked like he was dying on the sidelines trying to coach his team as he's battling influenza A then he had to be taken out in a stretcher in an ambulance to go to the hospital after the, after the game. That was like the worst thing to ever happen, even though it was just influenza because everyone's looking at him like, this guy is. He looks like he's dying was, on
1: the sidelines. Yeah, and it was literally right when all the news was breaking about COVID-19 <laughs> yeah. and the symptoms and being sick and, and all that other biggest, stuff.
0: Like, it was the biggest like, shock to everyone of like, like what's going to happen in
1: society. And even if you were feeling that crappy and that Why cruddy, did you go out there? Yeah, I mean, you could have left it to assistant. I mean, we're talking about the worst two teams in the Big Ten tournament playing to see who could win one more game. I don't think your players would really think that you were quitting on them if they see you dying and sweating so bad that you are just not feeling good, especially with all that. And plus, if they did think you'd quit on them, you just turn around and say, guys, we're one of the worst teams in the Big Ten. You quit on no, me. No, we
0: are the worst team <laughs> in the Big Ten. Like You, you quit yeah, on me. Like Maybe I failed you, but you also failed me. So... Well, uh, looking back on it for the optics of it all, Fred Hoiberg going out there and coaching that game was in the height of that panic. That was like the worst decision ever to put Hoiberg out there for everyone to be like, Oh my God, I think he's going to die on court. Oh God, COVID. No.
1: But yeah. then now you look at it, take out the fans. There's your, there's your bubble. Yeah. There was your big 10 bubble. And I mean, it's not like from, from what uh, our listener, Troy, Pipeline of the North, because he was up when oh, they played. Oh, Troy, uh, bro? He went to the—I forget what it was called. But it was in Brooklyn, where they had that those little tournaments. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the er, before conference. Yep. Play starts. The Garden. And we watched those games. Troy was there. Troy went. There's no. One there, there were hardly any fans there, anyways. I think Troy said there was like 11 people there, <laughs> not, not including the team, coaches,
0: and family members of the team.
1: Now, obviously, there would be a little bit more fans that would attend the Big Ten. Conference tournament, yeah. But still, um, the Badgers would have experience not playing in front of a ton of people.
0: Exactly. If they want to bubble up, I mean, cool. Just figure it out right now. Look at the other leagues and how they foobarred everything, and learn from their mistakes. But it seems like some leagues weren't able to do that. They're but just- that's
1: how you. That's how you know you're. Suffering from insanity, Ebo. It's when you continue to do the same thing over and over and not change anything. And expect different results. Yes.
0: I'm just, I'm just, just just the mental image in my head. Literally, one of the last, the last college basketball game I watched was Fred Hoiberg dying on the sidelines with influenza, not the Rona. And then it's funny. Then you know when all that was breaking, the weirdest thing ever was going to. You remember the run on the toilet paper? When everyone was like freaking out buying toilet paper. I went to Costco, and it was, like, this is before the masks. This was before, this was like, no one knew what was going on. We'll go to Costco, and I don't know if Costco doesn't play music to begin with, but I was in there, and it was packed, like, packed to the gills of people. But you could hear a pin drop, and everyone was looking at each other like, you were the enemy, like you were the walking COVID-19, like, super spreader. No one said a word. And there was no music as everyone just piled toilet paper into their carts.
1: <laughs> do you think? Do you think those people wasn't ran out of toilet not paper? the yet? strangest thing ever? It's like why what? you would be we we were told what all the symptoms and everything was yeah, and how it would affect you. Crapping your brains out wasn't one of them. Exactly.
0: What do you get, What are you wiping your ass like? You use a whole roll when you go? Like what's going on?